Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With Michelle Smallman, I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on Carricker and Smallman on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. We welcome into the conversation Kylie McDaniel, a uh, draft expert and a minor league expert for ESPN.com. He's on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Kylie, good morning. Good to have you with us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. We, we enjoy having you again. I want to. Uh, the reason I wanted to get you on is because the Cardinals are probably not going to spend money to bring in another big bat, and they have. They have Paul Goldschmidt, but beyond that, they don't really have much impact. So I wanted to ask you about some of the guys that the Cardinals have and whether or not they can be impact bats. And I want to start with Dylan Carlson. We got a chance to see him improve dramatically down the stretch. What do you envision Dylan Carlson becoming? So he's, uh, I think, a bit interesting in terms of top prospects. Because usually when you look at the tops of these lists, you see the Ronald Acuna Jr., the Luis Robert, the sort of crazy tools guy that you hope can kind of stitch it all together. And typically will be a bit of a free swinger that you hope to sort of rein that in a bit. And Carlson is a little bit of the other sort of guy, which is well-rounded, good at everything, doesn't necessarily have the you know 115 on our exit velos or the you know top percentile sprint speed or the 40-40 seasons, that sort of thing. He's more of a, you know, hits 280, 290, might, might get to 30 homers, might be 25, plays, you know, a little bit above average defense. And I think his comp is actually, uh, which may make Cardinals fans feel better, is Kyle Tucker, who's a very similar player who had a breakout season this year, I believe, as a 23-year-old for Houston. And he was also, like, kind of bad and slowly improving in the big leagues. And a lot of times the, that sort of Acuna Robert-type player because of the huge talent, are able to put up big numbers early because they can just jump on a mistake fastball and hit it a mile, whereas the players like Tucker or Carlson are so well-rounded, there's no margin for error. And so when they first get to the big leagues, they struggle a little bit more. Kylie, there's some questions for the Cardinals at third base. So same question. What are your projections for Nolan Gorman? He, he is a little more of that Robert Acuna type guy where he's, there's a little bit of swing and miss. He's trying to hit home runs. Uh, and the, the defense is just okay. It sort of depends on his, how his lateral mobility and, uh, and his hands progress. Uh, there's similarities with Austin Riley of the Braves who had some of the same issues and, you know, still working through those now in like his second full season in the big leagues. Um, but in, you know, sort of looking at the, the lineup that the Cardinals have, you would think it'd be sort of outfield, DH, third base would be the spots where you might want to upgrade. And given that we don't really know what happened with Gorman in the last year, uh, being at the alternate site, uh, he could very well be, you know, up in the middle of next year if things are going pretty well, or maybe he's up in 2022. Do you really want to go give a three, four year deal to a third baseman? Um, if, if, you know, if the guy is there, knowing that this guy may be coming behind them. Um, but he also, you know, there's a little bit of swing and miss. It might take a year or two to, for him to settle in. So I wouldn't project him to be the solution in 21 or maybe even 22. 
because he might be a guy that, you know, 23-24, he's the answer to the problem. And that's the big issue that the Cardinals have right now, Kylie, is that they've got a lot of guys coming off the books. They've got Fowler and Carpenter coming off the books. They really don't have a productive third baseman or DH, but they're also in a position where they don't want to spend a money, a lot of money. So is there a guy, and maybe it's Ella Harris Montero who has a quicker ETA, is there a guy in the Cardinal system, a bat in the Cardinal system that you like? Yeah, I mean, Ivan Herrera is one of those guys that uh, I think has snuck up on some analysts because, you know, he was sort of good in rookie ball and then good in low A. And then again, we have that issue where like guys like Ryan Weathers are going from low A to the big leagues this year. Uh, we don't, there's a little bit of a black box as far as what he's been doing since spring training. But the sort of prospect he is, which is can catch and throw and can make contact, those guys that catcher and shortstop get moved very quickly. When you see 19, 20 year olds in the big leagues, it's almost always uh, sort of catch and throw guys that make contact. Uh, typically at shortstop um, and also typically come from Latin America or sign as high schoolers because then they can be, you know, obviously 18, 19 and get to the, you know, the middle minors and whatnot. Uh, obviously with Andrew Kinzer and Yadier Molina, there's like, you know, there's a little bit of a glut of catching. Obviously Carson Kelly got traded out of that glut of catching at one point. Uh, so again, I wouldn't project him to be like the answer in the short term, but I think he would be the guy I'd keep an eye on in terms of uh, bats that could find, uh, you know, an everyday role in the big leagues in the next year or two that aren't being talked about quite as much. Kylie, the Cardinals tend to really value their prospects. So when you look at this group as a collective, how do you grade the Cardinals prospects? So the the main thing we've done this research when I was at Fangraphs, which is the sort of um, the way you rate a farm system is it starts with how many top 100 prospects they have. Because if you don't have any, you're automatically in the bottom five to seven of baseball, which is where like Texas is has like they have like a lot of depth. A lot of interesting players, nobody in the top 100, and they're just boom, they're in the bottom five. Um, and St. Louis has those, you know, those guys that are the top 100 types where, uh, I guess, depending on if Carlson still has his eligibility, where they're in kind of that middle tier um, where you could, you know, you kind of see it being very productive or just being a bunch of sort of, you know, bit players depending on how things play out. But, you know, Gorman, Carlson, Libertor, Ivan Herrera, Zach Thompson. These are all like top, you know, 125, 150 in baseball type guys. And having five or six of them is, you know, sort of standard for, for a team. And if you end up getting three out of those six, uh, you know, giving you an impact, you'll end up being top 10 looking backward. And if only one out of the six work out, then you're going to be like, hey, there was a real lull in the system where they weren't really producing anybody. So it's, you know, and it's, you know, sometimes kind of random, like good development helps, but it's also kind of random sometimes. Kylie McDaniel of ESPN.com, Baseball Insider on 101 ESPN. And Kylie's been around for a while. And so you were aware of guys like Rosa Reina and Voight and Oscar Mercado, who had a pretty good year in 2019, in addition to Fam and Gritchick. And we're looking at these guys saying, what did the Cardinals miss? From your perspective, with the, the trained eye of watching prospects, did the Cardinals mess up by moving these guys or could they have not seen this coming? So the Cardinals have had a history of, I would say, not mediocre, but sort of mid-tier prospects coming to the big leagues and breaking out. Like, you know, the sort of Matt Carpenters, like the guys from, you know, five, seven years ago that were the core players. I mean, even Goldschmidt, who obviously didn't come through the system, they just sort of broke out in the big leagues. They weren't really expected. Colton Wong was never really a top 100 prospect. Like, they're just guys that broke out because the sort of, you know, system, the player development, the coaching at the big league level, you know, put them in positions to succeed, maybe looking for a certain type of talent. Jack Flaherty was like a late first-round pick. It wasn't like he was a slam dunk to turn into this sort of guy. And some of it, you you saw with, like, the Giants, too, where there was that run where they were just both in the playoffs every year and things just kept working out. 
And you could say that there is some sort of hot hand uh, effect where they were just better than everybody else in a way that is hard to pinpoint, or they just had a good, you know, five to 10 year run of developing guys. And nobody is actually that good over a sustained period, even though it's a lot of the same people are around. Um, so having a little bit of a fallow period, it could be that the skill was always there. It could be that <clears throat> a little unlucky, uh, but like a Rosarena was, I mean, anybody in baseball could have put together a package to acquire him. Everybody had the, you know, um, you know, the ammo to figure out a way to get him and Tampa Bay did it. And Tampa Bay is probably the best pound for pound run team in baseball. They also traded uh, what looks like maybe the NL rookie of the year and Jake Cronenworth. They probably didn't think he was going to be that good that quickly, but they also had so many middle infielders. They didn't have a place to put him. Uh, and they turned that into a trade with, you know, some guys that could help them out too. Like, it's just sort of one of those things that happens when you start moving guys around you know, at least one out of three of those deals, you're going to be like, mm, probably would have done a little bit differently, you know, traded for or traded a different guy if I could. Uh, and it just seems like the Cardinals haven't been quite as hot in terms of, you know, picking the guy to put in a trade or picking a guy to leave out of a trade the last couple of years as they had been the 10 years before that. Before we let you go, one last thing. How should Cardinal fans feel about the immediate and then the, the long term, and I'm going to say three, four, five years future of this ball club? Uh. I mean, it's a bit of a cop-out to say, like, not fantastic and also not terrible. Like, it's not – I wouldn't say it's going to be top five to seven payroll. It's probably not top five to seven farm system. It may not be top five to seven in terms of, like, you know, um, you know wins and losses in the regular season. Uh, but especially with the expanded playoffs, like, not being in the top five to seven baseball at anything, is it, this is the best time to be there. Uh, and the history that the Cardinals have had of, like I said, you know, making more out of less in general – uh, but, you know, if you can just sneak into a wild card spot, there, there aren't huge advantages right now, especially in the playoffs for this year, for being the number one or number two seed. If you can just, like, you know, have two good pitchers and string together some hits, like, you can, you know, get into the later stages of the playoffs and who knows what happens then. So I wouldn't say it's, like, materially different than, like, you know, 10 years ago when things are going really well in terms of, like, the outlook going forward, it's like, oh, it's pretty good. We should probably be fine if I'm a Cardinals fan. Kylie, great stuff as always. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Yep, thanks for having me. That's Kylie McDaniel. You can read his great work at ESPN.com. So it's uh, what I took out of that is the Cardinals are going to be meh. As he was giving his answer there, I thought of all the people listening to this thinking, really, that's exactly what we didn't want to hear, that they're not going to be outstanding, not going to be terrible, they're going to be okay. Maybe they'll sneak into the playoffs and then anything could happen. (laughs) That's where we live right now, isn't it? That is our address. All right. Michelle is holding the Jeremy Rutherford book, 100 Things Blues Fans Should Know Before They Die, Know and Do Before They Die. Okay, so I just opened a random page. Great. Page 141, number 34 on the 100 Things Blues Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die list is about Iron Mike. So the code word to win, again on my Instagram, at msmallman, is Keenan. Keenan. So if you go to Michelle's Instagram and you're the first to respond with the word Keenan, you will win the Jeremy Rutherford book, 100 Things Blues Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. Mike Keenan. There you go. Uh, Iron Mike. So that's a great one. Coming up, we've got Danny Mac. Scoops with Danny Mac at the top of the hour. And we'll cross things over with him next on 101 ESPN.